as opposed to the rest of people around them that may not treat them so well. It's time for the church to rise up and be the church. It's time for the church to get in the game. God's got a big game going on, and he's expecting us to play on his team. It's time for us to rise up and be on God's team. That's what Christian and I have been talking about the past three weekends. And I hope that you've kind of started to get ignited about that, started to get inspired about that, because it's not a place for the people to sit back and to wait for someone else to do something, for some actor on a stage, for some preacher on a platform, for somebody that has leadership, or maybe somebody that's named as the teacher or the worker, and they are suddenly in front of everybody that they're going to do it, and we're going to watch them do it. No, this is a place, this is a church where God is asking for his people to step up, to get in the game, and to be on the field, to be on the court, to be out there giving their lives for the sake of the kingdom of God. First weekend, we talked about knowing your team. And God has a plan. He has a team to be a part of, and he wants us to be part of that. He wants us to learn to to work together, to be united, to be unified as a church. The second week, we talked about knowing your position, knowing that God has this unique, special place He has qualified you uniquely, specially, so that you could be part of that. And with your gifts, with your passions, with your talents, with your interests, with your your makeup, as far as being task-oriented or people-oriented, being structured or unstructured, doesn't matter. God has a place for you to be on his team. You need to figure out what that place is. Then last week, Christian talked about knowing the game plan. And he talked about being cats, didn't he? Cats, C-A-T-S. What does C-A-T-S stand for? What is C-A-T? Communication, okay? We've got to communicate with each other. We've got to know what's going on. What's the A for? Accountability. Accountability. See, you remembered this stuff. Good. Accountability, what's that mean? We're accountable to each other. We're to encourage each other and inspire each other for that. What's the T for? Training. It's going to take a little bit of effort, isn't it? It's going to take some training. You're going to have to have some preparation for that to happen. If we refuse to get in this game, there is no backup. God doesn't say, okay, well, we'll just kick in plan B here. He doesn't have a plan B. He has plan A. That's us. And somehow he's put the, put the responsibility on us to be the church and to do the church wherever we go. And when we make ourselves available to God, is some amazing things are going to happen. Things that we are going to just stand in awe of because we'll know God did it. We didn't do it. God did it. This morning, I want to talk about timeouts. And Tony's alluded to that in the communion meditation today. It's very good that he did that. Because we need some time to step aside from things. If we're going to keep working, we're going to keep playing hard, then there has to be a time for timeout. And there's some really good reasons to have a timeout. We need to know when to take a timeout and why a timeout is a good thing. So just help me out a little bit. Let's think about timeouts for a minute. In the sports field, what kind of sports have a timeout? What, what different sports use a timeout? Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, tennis. Does tennis have a timeout? Maybe an injury timeout? Okay. Anything else? Volleyball. Okay. Lots of sports have timeouts. They have different purposes for these timeouts. Can anybody think of a time when a game was won by a timeout? Yeah. Okay, Bobby Knight knew how to do a timeout and when to throw one in, just the right time. 
And games have been won because somebody knew this is the moment for timeout. We can make a difference, but we have, to, we have to check ourselves. We have to pull back for just a moment, regroup, and be able to go out there and play like we weren't playing just 30 seconds before or maybe a minute before, depending on how long that timeout is. Anybody that watches basketball, of all things, would know that. If you watch March Madness especially, you would know that the timeouts can make the difference of the game. There are instances of good timeouts. You know, when your, your other team is just, you know, just running you ragged, you know, and you're just worn out and you're exhausted. And, and the coach says, my, my, my players' tongues are hanging on the floor. I got to call a timeout. They got to get some wind here. You know, they got to catch uh, their breath again. And so you get off the field for 30 or 60 seconds. It makes all the difference for you. Or maybe the other team has this hot streak going, you know, and they've suddenly racked up 10 points and you've got none during the last couple minutes. And the, 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 a coach says, we've got to stop that. You know, we've got to cool off the other team. We've got to ice them down a little bit. So let's take a timeout, see if maybe they lose some of that momentum and I can recharge my players. And when they go back on the field, maybe we can reverse that again. Well, what do timeouts mean for us in the church of Jesus? Even though the game we're playing is not really a game, it's, it's real life. Timeouts can be very important to us. Like athletes competing in game, we're sometimes tested to the limit of our abilities, to our skills, to our knowledge, and, and we are pressed to the limit. And a timeout is a, is a good time for us to pull back and to say to God, you know, help me regroup, help me re, be restored, help me to get back to where I was at the beginning of the game because I'm exhausted and I'm overwhelmed and I'm confused. I hope that this sermon on timeouts will remind us of one underlying truth. I want you to catch this most of all. This underlying truth is so true that the power for whatever good we will do comes from God. It doesn't come from us. It's not our physical ability. It's not our talents. It's not our mental abilities. It's not our opinions, as much as we think they're the best ones ever. <laughs> it's about God. The truth lies, this truth lies behind everything else. I want to say this morning, when we talk about timeouts, I want you to realize that the bottom line of this is the reason for a timeout is because it gets us back to where we recognize that it's about God, it's not about us. It's His game. He's, he owns the field. He owns the ball. He, he owns it all, and it's about Him. It's His mission. It's His strategy. It's His, his team, not ours. And the sooner we get that in our heads, the better. And the more often we remind ourselves, the better. Because it's real easy to get out there playing and think, man, it's all up to me. It's all up to whether I show up. It's all up to, to whether or not I give the sacrificial effort here for this team. It's all up to whether I contribute my thoughts and my ideas and, and my vision. No, it's not about that because it's all God's. And so the power for whatever good we do comes from God. Would you just say that with me for a minute? The power for whatever good we do comes from God. Amen. Now, as we think about God's power, I want us to turn to Ephesians 3. If you have a Bible, open up to Ephesians 3, and we're going to start with verse 14. And it talks about the power of God several times there in that passage. Just follow along as I read, please. Ephesians 3, starting with verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power 
together with all God's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may fill, be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now listen to this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Go back to verse 20 for just a second. That's what I want to really highlight today. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Now think about that for a minute. Isn't that amazing that the God who is able to do whatever he wants to do, anytime he wants to do it, there is no limit on his ability or power. That God chooses to exercise his power in you and in you and in and you and in me and to say through this frail human being, I'm going to use my power. I'm going to pour out my power. I'm going to exercise my power. And it's not going to be just a little bit of it. It's not just going to be a, a minute sampling of it. But I'm going to use it to the degree that Paul has to say beyond what we could ask or even imagine. Now, I've got a pretty big imagination, don't you? I can imagine because I've seen things like Niagara Falls and God's power being displayed there. And I've seen other instances, you know, where God is just displaying this. Man, you just stand there in awe. And to think beyond that is imagination. Beyond that is the power of God that God could use in your life and mine. That raw power is available to the church of Jesus Christ. Are we using it? Are we tapping into that power? Now, there are a lot of benefits to taking a time out. So let's look quickly at those. When we're tired, when we're worn out, when we're exhausted, a timeout recharges us. You know, that's why the coach calls them off the field to be refreshed, to be renewed. A timeout in a ball game, you know, gets a, the, a little bit of wind back. You know, the guys are over there and they're just heaving, you know, and uh, trying to get a little air in, and the sides are hurting, and the legs are hurting, and the muscles in 30 or 60 seconds can, can kind of be restored enough that they're ready to run again, ready to act again, ready to jump again. Now, we understand what recharging is because we all have things that need to be recharged, don't we? We've got tablets, and we've got phones, and we've got laptops, and we have uh, wheelchairs, electric wheelchairs. You've got to recharge that. DJ, if you don't recharge that, you're stuck, right? You're not going to go where you want to go. If you forget to plug it in, we know what, de what recharging is all about. And as people, we need to be recharged too. As Christians... Our power comes from God, not from ourselves. And so we need to take regular timeouts so that we can, can uh, get recharged by God. We've got to go offline. We've got to plug in. We've got to, we've got to renew ourselves by getting back in with God, and God recharges us from the inside out. Now, this week, I mentioned already, was kind of an unusual week, wasn't it? Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, what a combination of days. In 24 hours or so, we had three deaths and one birth connected with this congregation. I never have, have known that. I've never experienced that before. Now, if we were in a massive congregation, maybe we could say, yeah, that's happened before. It's never happened here before that I know of. Three deaths, one birth within 24 hours. 
It was an exhausting week in a lot of ways because it wasn't only physical exhausting, trying to be with different people, help with different people, but emotionally, that's exhausting. That's tough stuff on a person. And the only way you get through that is to be able to take a time out, to draw, draw into God and say, God, I can't handle this. I can't do this. I'm, 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 I'm flat. I, you know, I just can't. And God says, doesn't matter. I'm never spent. <laughs> I never wear out. You know, I'll, I'll take up the slack. I'll fill in. And I'll, I'll give you energy. I'll give you emotional energy that you didn't have. And you can continue to serve, continue to, to minister. Sometimes we get so worn out in ministry that we have to really uh, take some time off. And Christian talked about that last night. Sometimes you've got to take a few weeks off. Sometimes in your ministry you've been so overloaded, so invested, so energized by it, but now you're exhausted. You've got to really say, okay, I'm going to not do that for a while. I'm going to take the next month off. I'm going to take the next three months off. Just be really careful you come back. <laughs> You come back to it. You don't just say, well, boy, that's nice. I think I'll just take a permanent sabbatical on that one. No, that's not what it's about. It's so that you can take a time off enough that you can get recharged and re-energized by God. And God, God can show you some things during that time. I remember Dave Dunn talking about that. He took a year off as an elder. And he saw things as a non-elder that he wasn't seeing as an elder. And he was able to regroup physically, he and Jill, during that time after years of you know, plugging away and trying to lead the congregation. And that year off was a very good thing. Dan Higgins has experienced the same thing. You take some time off and you step back into the harness and things are better than before. Timeouts are very important. Another time for timeout, when we're distracted, when we're confused. Timeout refocuses us. Helps us to, to see things clearly that we didn't see before. Coach calls a timeout when it seems his team has gone brain dead. <laughs> You know, they're out there running around. It doesn't seem like they have any game plan at all. They're not even playing together as a team. They're all just doing their own thing. And he says, man, we're a mess. I better call a timeout. These guys got to remember what this is about. So he pulls them back in and says, remember, this is what we practice. Remember, this is the plan. Here's the next thing we're going to do. And he sends them back on the court or on the field. And he says, this is the next thing. And they're all focused again on that next thing. Sometimes teams panic. Coach just calls a timeout because he sees the, you know, the bewilderment. He sees the, the look in their eyes like deer in the headlights, you know, and, and they're like, we don't know what we're doing, coach. And he says, okay, well, I'll tell you what you're supposed to be doing. Refocusing is vital from time to time. Do you remember when Jesus and his disciples went over to Bethany and they were meeting with Mary and Martha in their home, Lazarus? And uh, Jesus, they're teaching. He's kind of sitting around waiting for lunch, you know, and, and he's teaching. And Mary, one of the main people in the house, is sitting at his feet listening to him. And Martha's out in the kitchen preparing the meal. Remember, she gets all upset. She comes in. She says, Lord, don't you care? You know, don't you care? I'm out here fixing lunch. And, you, and Mary's sitting in here listening to you. She should have been helping me. You know, she's, she's missing it. And Jesus corrects Martha instead. And he says, Martha, you know, you're concerned about so many different things. Mary's chosen the most important thing at this moment, and that's what she's doing. You know, lunch isn't that important. But having Jesus in your house is a pretty big deal. And not just to feed him, but to listen to him, to learn from him, to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ. And Mary had chosen that as a priority, and Martha needed to understand. A timeout with God helps us regain the priorities that he's established for our lives. Because sometimes in all the confusion, sometimes in all the mess of life, 
we forget what our life is about. We forget what we're supposed to be doing. And, and we get all energized about doing so many other things. We need to pull back. How many different jobs do you do in a week? You probably couldn't even list them all. If you tried to create the list, it'd be, well, it'd blow your mind because you wouldn't know how to do next week then because I didn't know I did that much, you know, just too much. If you can't handle everything and still keep your sense of priority, then you better take a time out and pull close to God and refocus. Otherwise, you're going to spend your whole life doing a lot of things that really don't matter in the end. Third reason. When we're overwhelmed by life itself, a timeout reconnects us with the coach. See, the game's about the coach. The game's about what he wants. And he's got the game plan. He has a strategy. He knows it. it's his game. And we need to reconnect with him. It's not about reconnecting with something. It's reconnecting with someone. Players easily get distracted, disconnected from each other. And so they start playing individually. And you might have a guy acting kind of like a, a, a maverick, you know, or the rogue out there. You know, he's just, he's hogging the ball. And he's forgetting he's supposed to pass and they're supposed to set up a play and different things are supposed to happen. He's just about his own glory or something. It's very important that every player be connected to the coach and to his game plan. We need to draw upon his wisdom. We need to find our strength in him. Jesus told his disciples in John 15, 5, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. That's a reminder of that first thing we said. Anything good that comes, comes from the power of God. We need to get connected. We need to stay connected to God. Jesus did that, didn't he? Even while he was here on earth, he was a human being, and he had a lot of demands on his life. He was the son of God. He was God himself, but he was also human. And so when he stubbed his toe, it hurt. And when he was in the carpenter shop and he missed the nail and he hit his thumb, it hurt, just like it hurts mine. And when he was out there ministering with people and people were tugging at his sleeve and they were saying, Jesus, I want this. Jesus, I want that. I want food. I want a healing. I want understanding. I need direction for my life. And all day long, hundreds of people are pulling on his sleeve saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He was exhausted by that. And so what does Mark say? Mark tells us very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and he left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed, where he connected with his father. And when he found in his father the rest and the strength and the resiliency to be able to go back to the next day, be able to deal with those people that were going to be tugging at him once again. And ultimately, to prepare himself to give his life, to sacrifice his life for us on the cross. When Jesus got tired physically and emotionally, he knew that his father didn't. And so as a human being like us, he connected with God and he found in God everything he needed. Now I'm very excited that next Sunday we're not going to be here. We're not going to be in church. We're not going to be in church. We're going to be the church. Next Sunday is the day that we go over to Westgate Elementary School. And uh, here's a picture of the school. I want you to see that for a moment because you need to know what you're going to do and where you're going to show up. 
The entrance to the street is on Urbana Street. This is right in the Westgate area. Right up at the corner of the stop uh, is what street, Tony? Uh, Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Okay, Portsmouth goes all the way through from, from uh, Sudley at Toys R Us all the way through to Fairmont back here at Fairmont Park. So if you know how to get to Fairmont Park or you know how to get to Toys R Us, you know where Portsmouth is. Portsmouth comes through to a four-way stop just a block away. You get on Urbana, you come down here, you're going to pull in park in here, or you're going to have to park off street somewhere, maybe over here at this, this other business is down there. And the school is right here. This is the main entrance. Right here is the gymnasium and uh, cafeteria. This is the main place where things are going to be happening. There's going to be a yard sale done by the school for the PTO. And right around the corner, if you go down the hallway, is another small gymnasium, and we'll have some things going on in there. These are classrooms here in a circular fashion. This is the new building back here that they built. We helped move things to it. And then there's all these grounds around it. Um, I, I don't think this picture even has some of the trailers that are right there. There's about four more trailers they've added. They just buku of trailers for this school. And we're going to clean up all the grounds. We're going to clean up all the flower beds and pull the weeds. We're going to put in new mulch. We're going to do some plantings. Uh, this whole curb area is a bus line area. We're going to repaint the yellow striping for that. We're going to do some painting in the library in here, just a couple pillars that they need painted nicely. Somebody knows how to paint well. And different things are going to be going. People are helping with the yard sale. And next Sunday, as we gather together, we're going to meet somewhere around 8.15 to 9, whenever you're able to come. You come in and help. If you bring your kids, have them help you as long as they can last. You got little kids, they may only last for 15 minutes, maybe a half hour. Get them out there, get them nice and dirty. Uh, let them have a little fun, do a little work. And then we're going to have some child care going on for them, something for the kids to do inside the building. And you can go in, look around at the yard sale if you want. But the residents of both Iron Gate and Westgate will be there. They are the people who support this school, who are part of it. Iron Gate is right down the road here. This is whole Iron Gate area here. If you go out Portsmouth from this way over is all Westgate area. And Westgate Apartments is, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people living in there. This is the most needy school in our county. This is the poorest school in our county. This is the school that needs the most attention, the most help. And they have a wonderful, uh, wonderful principal named Craig Gefeller. Craig is a believer. Craig knows uh, to care about people's needs. And there's a woman there who is the parent liaison. Her name is Adriana Hill. And she's the person we've been working with to set up for this next Sunday. And she's in charge of making sure families are taken care of. And parents know what to do for their children and what the school needs from them. And, and to just work that whole relationship. So she's a very important piece in that. Next Sunday, we're going to be doing some things we've never done before. Because there may be five or six hundred of the residents of this area come there at the same time of us. We've never had that happen. We've never seen that. I don't even know what that can look like. I can't predict that. I just know that God is in this. Is anybody else nervous? I am. You know, anybody else a little scared about this? Anybody else wondering, you know, what is this going to look like? What's going to happen? Uh, where's this going to go? We can't predict that. All we can do is show up and make ourselves available and say, we're here to work. We're here to do what we can. Uh, we're going to work until about 11 a.m. Band's going to be all set up so that at about 11.15, we can start a worship service. It's going to be in the same 
uh, cafeteria, gymnasium building. This is the main tall building right through the middle. And uh, we're going to have a worship service in there for about a half hour, from 11.15 to 11.45. And we're going to invite all those residents to come in with us. Because as soon as we're done worshiping the Lord, then we're going to have lunch together. It's going to be a simple lunch of hot dogs and chips and things like that. And we're going to try to feed 700 people. We've never done that before either. I don't even know what that looks like. And so we hope that some of you this week will go to Costco or Walmart and buy a package of 50 hot dogs. (laughs) Because otherwise we're not going to have 700 of them. And we're going to depend on all of us to step up. We're going to depend on us to bring the buns and the chips and everything. And if you want to let us know, it would really be helpful. There's a sign-up list that you can uh, play ball. It looks like this. You can sign up what you're going to do when you come, first, second, and third choices, because we can't necessarily give you your first choice, but also what you will bring, tools you'll bring, food you'll bring, things that that you will make sure you, you have there so we can count on that and know for planning purposes. Uh, But it's going to be an exciting day. So don't come here next week. If you do, there will be one person maybe at the door saying, sorry, not today. You've got to go down the street. And about two miles from here, you'll find the Westgate Elementary School, and that's where we'll be next Sunday morning. Everybody have that? This is God's game plan. This is God's mission. It's his power that we depend on, not ours. And after all is said and done, the glory will be his because none of us could make something like this happen. Jesus, the son of God, set the perfect example for us. As God's son, he still took timeouts. Every day, he took a timeout. Every week, he took a timeout. Every year, he took a timeout because he realized he needed to go back to God in order to be recharged. And he realized that without God, he would lose focus. And he realized that he needed to reconnect because the source of power for his life, the source of power for our life is God himself. Ephesians 3, 20 to 21, one more time. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Through Christ, we have the strength to do the impossible. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would uh, ignite our hearts today with your love, that you would show us possibilities that we can only imagine at this point, Um, maybe even beyond our imagination, beyond what we would know to ask. Your desire is to exercise your power in us. We pray today, Lord, that you would would touch our lives, touch our hearts, um, and help us just to be available to you. We thank you for your love. We thank you that it can be expressed through our hands, through our voices, through our listening ears, through our compassionate hearts. May we, as we come together next week, be ready for those people that we've never met, strangers that uh, we may meet on the sidewalk or in the school building, maybe as we're handing them a hot dog, or maybe as we're sitting down to eat under the shade of a tree. May we just reach out to people, Lord, and show them that you are available, that you are accessible, that your love is profound, that your love is caring, that your love is reaching out. 
through the body of Christ. Help us, Lord, next Sunday and every week to be the church, not to just to go to church. And we pray this in Jesus' name.